whether we're listening individually and praying individually or when we're gathered in our, our synod listening sessions, we need to make time to quietly listen. This is God Beside Me. I'm Jen, Senior Director of Communications, and this is one of my favorite parts of the job where I get to sit down with the bishop and other faithful Catholics and just chat about what's going on in the church. Hi, Bishop. Good to be with you today. Also joining us today is Daniel Boyd, Secretary for Laity, Family, and Life. Hi, Dan. Hello there, Jen and Bishop Noonan. Great to be with you all. Well, thank you, Daniel. Gentlemen, today we're talking the Synod of Synodality. Basically a request from Pope Francis telling Catholics of the world, we need to start listening to Jesus and each other, and we need to do it now. Yeah? Perfect. I like that. Pope Francis is one of communion. He's always asking us to be together. And I think he's asking us to walk together, be inspired together, to pray together, but in a very unusual way that we can hear one another. Sometimes we pray together, but we never even recognize or even hear one another in our prayers. But this time he wants us to listen to one another so that we can not walk together just in unison, but walk together in faith, the faith that the Holy Spirit is inspiring us to share and uncover in our lives. Dan, you've been designated as one of our diocesan reps for this process. What do you think Pope Francis is really asking us to do? Well, I think Bishop Noonan just said it very well, but the, the key is I read through the documents that have been put out by the Vatican to help guide us in the synod process is to listen to the Holy Spirit and to trust that he is speaking to us and that the message he has for us will help us. And I, I think the temptation is to think that we have to do this on our own. We have to be wise enough and smart enough according to our own devices to, to fix every problem. And that's not the way of the church. The way of the church is to turn to the Holy Spirit. We see this in the book of Acts from the very beginning. When the church had questions, they held a council, they turned to the Holy Spirit, and they allowed the Lord to guide them. And so the, the Holy Father is just reminding us, that's our model, and this is how we should be as a people of God. Bishop, what are we listening for? What are we hoping the Holy Spirit tells us? When you kind of ask these questions, it's not a program, and it's not something you're kind of going to go process through. I think it's an experience, and I think the best way to explain an experience is the road to Emmaus. The road to Emmaus is simply an encounter with Jesus, the accompaniment of Jesus in your life, and then there's a discernment. At the end of the road to Emmaus, as they get to the to have the meal, it's in the breaking of the bread. So I think in a real sense, do we break open the Word of God so we can see really the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist? but also to allow the Holy Spirit to inspire us to really comprehend what we're trying to, what Jesus is trying to show us. And the only way the disciples recognized that because he walked with them. And in walking with them, he opened the scriptures for them. He accompanied them, and then he helped them discern. Bishop, how do you hope to walk with the people of the Diocese of Orlando in this process? It's not, as I said, something that you can explain too easy, but I think it's, it's a, a prayerful experience of asking God to help you to listen to what the Holy Spirit is asking of you. But it's not to do it just alone, but it, hopefully it'll be a moment where you can share with the people you go to church on Sunday. You know, we're asking people to come back to church. Again, we can sit beside people in church every Sunday, but we never get to hear what's going on in their lives to know the people you meet when you go out shopping. 
who are the people you meet and who are the people you have coffee with or you gather with every now and again. Do we ever think about asking them what is happening in their life and to ask them to really discern where is God and what is the Holy Spirit asking of us at this moment? There's a lot of noise in the world right now, Daniel, you know, COVID and politics and all that. How can we cut through that so people even have a chance to hear the Holy Spirit in this process? I think taking time to listen and to intentionally pull back from those things, to, to abstain and to in, enjoy a little bit of silence and to recognize that, that God speaks in silence and that uh, he really does, he's saying things to us. And so it's not as if um, prayer is, is this, this time when you go in and you say everything to God. Rather, it's a time when you might ask questions, you might offer praise, thanksgiving petitions. But then we sit and we listen for God's answer and we allow him to speak to us, especially in silence. And so the biggest thing, just like as if you're communicating with any other person, you make space in that conversation for, for them to say something to you. So whether we're listening individually and praying individually or when we're gathered in our, our synod listening sessions, we need to make time to quietly listen and really ask, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me? Because this isn't an opportunity to say, well, this is what I think is the most important thing, or this is what's really wrong with the world right now, but rather to say, okay, Spirit, speak to me and tell me, how can I respond? How can I answer you? How can I listen to your promptings? Who does the Holy Father really want to hear from? Is this just um, higher-ups, clergy, or who are we including in the synod process? Everybody. But I, I think it's a, it's a heartfelt message because it's asking us to you know, not just as I keep saying, it's not a process, but to listen. I have meetings every day. I have meeting recently with all our priests, presbyteral meeting. And, you know, in the meeting, we we're discussing lots of issues. And at the end, you know, we prayed midday prayer. And I said, you know, what is the Holy Spirit really asking of us right now? What is touching our hearts? And one of the beautiful things that came out, one of the priests said, you know, we really need to think about our other brother, our brother priests. Do we ever talk to them about what is really happening in their lives? This is really what the Holy Father is asking us to really listen, not just go through the process of prayer and meditating, but to really kind of say, well, what do I need to learn? What do I need to hear? What It's not about even just doing, but we're all kind of busy, but we're not listening. And if we can't listen, then, you know, what are we doing? How can the people of God help our priests? I think many times we come forward to the priest with all the problems of the world looking for some answers, not really realizing that they're human too and could use some compassion and that, how are you doing, Father, as well? Yeah, and I think that's one of the things we said among ourselves, you know, do we really kind of keep an eye on them? Because some of our priests sometimes are suffering, you know, small things. And I, and I think during COVID it has been very difficult. A lot of people are very upset and a lot of people are... I hate to say it, angry, and there, you know, there's a lot of turmoil, and there's a lot of angst, and, and you know, sometimes we, we react instead of kind of reflecting. So it's asking us to look into our own hearts and souls to see where are we. So sort of a free space to talk about the blessings of our time, but will we also address some of the challenges too? How does this work? Is it like a survey or something, Dan? So the Synod documents propose a number of different questions and themes that those questions cluster around. And so those questions do cover on, on a broad uh, number of topics. I mean, everything from the Eucharist to 
whose voices are heard in the church, who do we listen to, who do we view ourselves as as being part of the church community with. And I think one of the, the best things we can do is just be faithful to the documents that the church has put out. So those questions, whatever they are, I think we should ask those questions of ourselves honestly and then allow the, the Holy Spirit to guide us in our answer. How will that make the church better in the end? Well, ultimately, that's up to the Holy Spirit. I mean, I think that's the, yeah. the key here. Is, and I don't think it's about making the church better, but it's making a sense that we, we do listen to one another. And we have a sense of what are the needs, not just of ourselves, but of the people. And not just of Catholics, but of other people. There are so many people out there every day, and sometimes, you know, nobody listens to them. I mean, it's the scripture, you know, where the Matthew 25... You can go through all those, those in prison, those who are naked, those who are poor, those who are in prison. You know, it's a moment to kind of ask all those questions of all those too. Those who are not of our faith, those who have no faith, where are we at in relationship with them? So it's our relationship more with God and with our brothers and sisters. Basically, we're called to know, love, and serve the Lord. That's basic. But then we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. But I don't know if we know our neighbors or we don't even listen to them. I'm thinking of the Second Vatican Council. And when that was called, it wasn't to answer like any direct need. In, in the past, councils had been called because, okay, there's a rift in the church or, um, you know, the, this group broke away. But the Second Vatican Council was called almost because everything was good. And it was a time to listen to the Holy Spirit and say, how, how, what are we being called to now? And I think, like you said, this isn't because there's a, a huge problem, but it's just to say, Lord, we are your, your sons and daughters. What are you asking us to do? So not just self-reflection, but reaching out into the community. You know, we do a good job, I think, of talking amongst ourselves as Catholics, or or maybe we could do better. But then how do we start reaching out to people of no faith, like Bishop Noonan said? There's a lot of fear, I think, when you do cross people in the street. And um, to bring up God in the grocery store can be countercultural sometimes. Yeah, agreed. And, and this is one of those the, the really fun things about this process is the Holy Father has made it clear this, this synod doesn't just include Catholics. It doesn't just include Christians. It includes all people. And so we're invited to include everyone, so non-Catholics and, and people who are from other religious traditions, into this process. Now, you might think, well, how am I supposed to ask somebody who, is, who doesn't share our faith to listen to the Holy Spirit? just like that. And, and if they say, well, no, I don't want to do that. Okay. That's their choice. But maybe, maybe they're open hearted and maybe they'll say, I don't understand this, but I'll listen to you. And so on an individual level, I think we just keep our eyes open and we look for opportunities to invite people. And so it might not mean that we invite them to come to mass with us this Sunday, but when we know our parish is having the listening session, or even just to say, you know, my church is doing this, this, uh, this period of listening. And I wanted to ask if you would consider participating in this with me. And I'm having some friends over this weekend, and we're going to look at some of the questions that the Holy Father has asked us to consider. And if you're available, I'd love to hear what you have to say. People sometimes say to me, you know, I love your Pope. And I always say, why? It's a moment to kind of like, where are they at? And I said, well, you know, sometimes it's to probe that a little bit further, just don't say, oh, that's nice. But really to say, well, what do you like about him? Why is he appealing? And, you know, sometimes that starts a dialogue and it helps us again. It's a moment of encounter. And then accompany with that whole thing about why you like him and what's important. You know, it, it's, I don't, there isn't a process again, but it's just a matter of encountering those usual moments. 
could be in publics or anywhere, you know, people come up to me, especially, you know, because obviously I'm wearing black in the collar and people come and say, you know, are you a priest? And I say, yes. And sometimes they just say, I love your Pope. But now is an opportunity to go further than that, just not that, you know, why? What is it about him? What is his message? And what do you think the Lord is saying to you? You know, we don't engage people. We're always kind of shying away from that, you know, because we don't know them. And if they're not Catholic, we kind of feel, oh, what am I going to say, you know? But that's the whole message of the gospel. We talk about the good news. So we're taking these first steps in the Advent. How do we start? I think Daniel is the one who's kind of leading the... (laughs) So, you know, I'll let you start on that. Sure. So we start the first Sunday of Advent with uh, our Sunday liturgy and asking the Holy Spirit to guide us in this process. And so this is an opportunity to let everyone know what the Synod is about, which again, as we've said here, it's about listening to the Holy Spirit and asking how we can journey better together, be on mission, be in communion with one another. Then in the early part of next year, coinciding with the season of Lent, then we'll have these opportunities to come together and uh, pray and listen and discern using these questions that the Synod documents put forward for us to say, okay, Spirit, what are you saying to us and how can we respond? And I think Advent is a time for us to prepare for the birth of Christ. You know, and you, you kind of say to yourself, well, what is it I want this Christmas? You know, kids are great because they're going to make a list. But we as adults just kind of say, well, it's Advent. You know, but what else? What else is really, what is really deep down within your own heart? What, what do you long for? What is it you're searching for? I know we want basic things, but it's a good time to kind of really put it all in perspective. It was saying, you know, for four weeks of Advent, I'm going to think about really, what do I really want this Christmas? And, and to recognize on Christmas Day that you're receiving a gift and it's, you know, it's God, incarnation, God becomes flesh. Try to put that all into a context of where you are in relationship with that. And this is no short journey. Oh, no. Two, three years, yes. A lifetime. Oh, <laughs> indeed, beyond the Synod. Yes. Yeah. And the goal isn't to just meet once and say, okay, we checked that box, but it's to begin to live this way and to say, the, the Spirit is speaking to us on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. How can we change our way of life so that we're not just using our own wisdom, leaning on our own understanding, but instead trusting in the Lord to guide every step. So we'll listen, we'll gather, we'll love each other here in the Diocese of Orlando, and then the hope is to take that up to the national level with the the Conference of Bishops? I think more than anything, as what I want to see is the people in our parishes and churches feel after three and two and a half years of the pandemic that, oh my gosh, I have learned something. I have come to appreciate something. And that something is my faith, the Eucharist, the whole gift of Christ in the sacraments. And that I can feel that after reflecting during this synodality, this walking, that has really helped me grow in my faith. Rather than to be afraid, now I'm open. Now I'm not afraid. I'm willing to take a step. What about you, Dan? Your hopes for the people of Orlando as we launch into the synod? What I hope out of this is that people recognize, everyone recognizes that the mission of the church is for everyone. And it's for, it's not just for a select few, it's for every single baptized person to say, the Lord has given me this mission and I share in that responsibility very joyfully and and happily. Like, this is my job. I get to do this. What a great dignity that the Lord has invited us into 
his his work of salvation for the whole world. And so this is an opportunity, as uh, as we just mentioned, this isn't just a, a one and done thing. Or the goal is to not is not just to meet and then put together this nice document and send it up to somebody else. We're going to do that too, but we want people to be transformed by this and to say the mission of the church is is really mine. I'm co-responsible for the gospel with my all of my brothers and sisters in the Lord, including priests and deacons and religious and laity alike. So I think that's my hope, that people take a, a greater responsibility for the gospel so that they're more docile to the Holy Spirit, they listen to him, and they're more willing to accompany their brothers and sisters to a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, the second phase for me is going to be that Lenten period. So I think it's really going to help us to to kind of put ourselves into the scriptural scene of really who am I, where am I at in this story, and what role do I want to play in the future? What is the Holy Spirit really telling me? And Dan, what do you envision our our Lenten journey looking like? Lent is a time to to draw near to God, and I think we often think of Lent almost as this time where we have to perform things, Um, but I, I instead like to think of it as uh, opening up space in our lives for God. And we're really, we're opening up space in our heart to listen to the Holy Spirit. So in keeping with the season of Lent, I hope that uh, we can kind of set those distractions aside, whatever those things are that fill our minds and, and fill our souls that we're so constantly listening to or consuming, and instead say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm feeling inspired, how do I start? What's the first step that I take as a Catholic, as a Christian, as a, as a nun, N-O-N-E. That's the question. Where am I in my life? What do I want? You know, that's the Good Samaritan story. You know, am I just going to ignore it or am I going to get involved in it? Sometimes it, it, it's a matter of recognizing my brothers and sisters, listening to them. Unless we listen to them and then hear their story, that's what the Samaritan did. He kind of listened and saw and he didn't ignore he reacted. So it's time for us to, to kind of see with our eyes, what do I see in the world today? And what, what do I react to? And what do I feel I can do? Rather than just ignore it, walk by and say, I can't handle this. What about people who may feel an unworthiness? Why would Pope Francis want to hear what I think about, about the church? Well, it's, that's a challenge, you know, and unworthy. All of us are worthy somehow. You know, that's the, the, the real challenge of those who feel unworthy because, I mean, if you feel unworthy, then, you know, what what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? You know, he's not kind of beating you up. He's kind of saying you're a child of God, you know, and if you're a child of God, God loves you. And to let that love of the Holy Spirit, the love of God, come into your heart. And I would say Jesus died for you. If you're listening and you're thinking, well, why would the Pope want me? Or why would anybody want to listen to me? Uh, because you are, you're wanted. I mean, you're, we want you. The Lord wants you. He desires to be in relationship with you so much so that he gave his life for you. And uh, to, to go back to your earlier question, Jen, what's the first step for anybody listening? I think that first step is to pray and to, to just open our hearts. So whether you are, you've been Catholic all your life and you've never missed Mass, or you used to attend and you haven't in a long time, or you've never called yourself Catholic and you're not even sure if you believe in God, I'd say, turn to that, that voice inside of you that's kind of beckoning you to consider, is there something more? And just ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then listen and expect a response. So I suspect we'll gather over the next few months and couple of years and keep updating the people in the diocese on how this encounter, if you will, is going. 
Yeah, because we're going to gather, but you know, when we gather, sometimes we don't listen. Sometimes when we gather, we sing. Sometimes when we gather, we pray. And then there'll be moments of, okay, well, where am I going? I may be kind of lost in where I go. So, you know, I always say we all need a GPS, you know, and the GPS is God's program of you know salvation. It's that program, have we heard it? Do we listen to it? You know, we listen to our GPS all the time, but we have to kind of let the Holy Spirit speak to us.